Greetings. Welcome back to the Cape Lee Podcast. This is Chachi, and I am really thankful for the past few days where I've gotten some feedback on some of my podcasts from friends and colleagues, and that's what I kind of wanted to lead in today. So this is going to be a response to feedback part two. Uh, the last one I did was uh, several months back, but this, is, this has been uh, quite a lot of fun. And uh, the two things I've gotten feedback on uh, kind of revolve around the concept of good dudership on whether being a good dude or a, or a good dudette is the right way to view things. So uh, a couple of things on that topic. Number one, I'd mentioned in my last podcast uh, when referencing my friends Ben and Mara Kohara that, you know, I say good dudes and, and good dudettes only because chick sounds derogatory and Mara texts me later. She's, she says, you know, I don't mind being called being a chick. And it's funny because one of the best compliments that I could give a male is that he's just a good dude. And one of the best compliments that I could give a female is she's a cool chick. So, so perhaps good dudership revolves around being a good dude and being a cool chick. And uh, I, I, if you're offended by that, I apologize. That is not my intent. But in common, common day language, in a modern vernacular, I think those are very acceptable phrases to say as a measure of somebody's worthiness. If you're just a good dude or if you're just a cool chick and you know, if, if someone calls me and, and asks me about, about Mara, I'm like, hey, she's a really cool chick. You're, you're really going to like her. And her husband, Ben, great dude. You're, you're going to get along with him well. These are, are common ways to, to express it. But some of the feedback that I've gotten about good dudership is the concept of maybe, maybe it sounds too lighthearted and that – if you're always nice to people or whatever, or, you know, how, how do you hold people to, to tasks if you're just trying to be a good dude? And the thing that I don't want to confuse here is good dudes and cool chicks still have standards. They still hold people accountable. They practice discipline. They instill discipline. They administer discipline when someone needs to be written up or fired or, or, or moved around. You know, they, what, what I would call uh, leading expectations, a lot of people say is set standards. And uh, I, I'm a firm believer in setting standards. I think leading expectations delves into that concept a little bit more. You know, and, and good dudes and cool chicks are allowed to express frustration. It's not that, that good dudes and cool chicks don't do any of those things. They absolutely do. But if you just focus on being a good dude, you can be a good dude and get angry with somebody. Now, the way you express that anger is a completely different story. But as a good dude or a cool chick, you can be frustrated. You can express your frustration. You can hold somebody to standard and say, this is not acceptable behavior in my team, in our workplace, for our corporation, whatever it is. You can still do that. You can, in the military sense, you can write them letters of counseling. You can write them letters of reprimand saying, hey, this is not behavior that we are willing to accept. And that is still you being a good dude or a cool chick. And that ends up being a great, or I would say a better understanding of my concept of, of good dudership. And I think some of the listeners may have been confused by that because I'm not saying that that being a good dude where everything is unicorns and gumdrops, that, that isn't it. Because good dudes and cool chicks can still hold the line. They can lead their teams with passion. Sometimes that, that comes out as, as frustration here and there. And Lord knows good dudes and cool chicks don't lash out at people in, in public, but they hold people accountable. They set unwavering standards and ensure that they live up to them and that their team lives up to them. They understand discipline. They understand the practical application of discipline or in the, the military, what we're uh, fond of saying is utilizing the progressive discipline process. 
you know, you, you try and correct the behavior as soon as possible with the least amount of force possible. And then if the behavior continues, then you get more and more, I, I'm hesitant to say aggressive, but you, you start amplifying whatever concept of discipline that, that you're going to have. If someone keeps showing up late for work, the first time you'll probably give a verbal counseling. The second time you'll write a letter of reprimand. The third time you get, I'm sorry, first or second time give a, a letter of counseling, then a letter of reprimand. And then if it keeps happening now, now you're looking at bigger and better things, but you're holding people accountable and, and uh, accountability isn't necessarily about frightening somebody or scaring them straight. It is legitimately about leading their expectations. And then at the very end, when you say, hey, here are all the opportunities. This is when you got the verbal warning. Here was the letter of counseling. Here was now the letter of reprimand. We're amplifying and we can keep going down this path if this behavior continues. And in the end, I will have shown in my due diligence that this behavior is unacceptable, that you have been failing to meet the standard on multiple occasions. And now it's getting time for us to part ways. That is still being a good dude. And that is still being a cool chick. Because if somebody shows up work and you just jump right to a letter of re- reprimand, you haven't you haven't did, done a verbal counseling yet, or you haven't done start off with a, a, a letter of counseling, which is an even you know uh, more stern of, of a warning to that person. Again, it's it's all about going back to the expectations that you as a leader, you as a good dude, or you as a cool chick, if you can look back and say, I have done everything in my power to help this person find success, and they have not risen to the occasion. They have not maximized these opportunities, and now it's time to hold them accountable yet again. So that's I, I wanted to clear up some of the questions that, that I had there, and uh, one of my buddies, Meet, uh, he's going through some professional development school in the southeastern United States, and he texted me about that, and uh, he and I worked together at Joint Base McGuire Dix Lakehurst, and he's been really great at, uh, at giving me some feedback here and there and asking me questions. So, so Meet, I really apologize, or not apologize, I really appreciate your engagement and your continued conversation uh, to help us both grow in this leadership context. The next thing that I wanted to talk about was I know I've, I've explained being right and wrong. And what happened last year when I was deployed to Southwest Asia was the vice wing commander, uh, who's now, again, I've mentioned him before, the wing commander at Andrews Air Force Base for the 11th wing. He had, he had this, uh, this statement to where private apologies don't count. And that was born off of a staff meeting where everybody's in the room. And as happens in staff meetings from time to time, somebody gets defensive, somebody lashes out, somebody calls out somebody else unexpectedly and normally wrongfully so, and calls them out in front of everybody and everybody hears it. And then the person who probably didn't mean to say what they said, they, they use a bad choice of words. They, you know, just, just kind of freaked out and just had a slip of the tongue. One of those things after that meeting, they will meet with that person and say, Hey, I am very, very sorry for, for what I did there. That, that was not, uh, I get that. I said that that's not what I meant. And I really apologize. That was a crappy thing for, for me to do. And a lot of times that's great. Other than, you know, private apologies don't count. If you're inadvertently going to insult somebody and do that, then by all means, Please have the integrity to apologize in that same venue. If you come back to the staff meeting next week and and it is your turn to speak, it is at that point there where you can stand up and say, hey, you know what? 
I uh, I inadvertently said something crappy last week to my buddy uh, Ted, right? So so Ted, uh, what I said last week was wrong. It was ill timed, and and I, I apologize. That's not what professional teammates do. And for uh, for calling you out in front of a, a room full of people, I am I am mortally sorry. That is an apology. That is a good way to do things because you can't insult somebody in public and apologize in private and think that that's going to make them whole. Because those people need restitution. They need to be made whole again. And that concept ends up being great. And that is, again, just part of uh, good dudership, just a, a part of good teamwork that if you call somebody out and if you point out something wrong in public, be prepared to have that conversation in public and be prepared to possibly apologize in public for that very thing. Blessing, uh, one of my buddies, Chad, he's a, uh, a firefighter in a suburb of Chicago, Illinois. You know, he, he texted me back. And again, just one of those things, we're talking good dudership and the whole uh, cover your ass versus check your assumptions argument that I had a pod two uh, or so ago. And and he told me, he's, he's like, Tim, I, I completely agree. He goes, if you're doing the good dude stuff, you will rarely, if ever, have to do something that is going to, air quotes here, cover your ass. Because there's nothing that would need to be covered if you're just doing the good dude stuff. If you're being a good dude, if you're being a cool chick, and you're doing all these things and making sure that as long as your actions are legal, moral, ethical, I think you're in the clear. And and you don't have to take those steps because they'll just be the natural steps to see this, the conversation, the concept, the problem to its logical conclusion. And you can do it through the use of expectations and good dudership. So that's it. Quick, short to the point podcast today. Just wanted to talk about some of that feedback. And uh, so keep the text messages rolling in. Uh, Keep the hit me up on Facebook, whatever you need to do. And if there's something that's bothering you at work, uh, ask me a question about it. If the, if you're having a problem with, with a friend and you, know, you, you don't understand where they're coming from, maybe we can have that conversation too. But talk to different people. Got uh, a message from a, uh, a prior TACP that I served with in Korea in 2002. He is a policeman in the Bay Area in California. And he wrote me last night. He's like, hey, I use your... Uh, the Eisenhower box that you had in your podcast a little while ago and briefed it to my, my team of cops here in California. So I, I thought that was that was pretty awesome too. So completely digging the feedback and the fact that a handful of people are, are getting something out of this and whether it can help their work center better or whatever relationship and whatever conversation you have with whomever you're having it, this is about getting the conversation right. And so many of these things aren't necessarily leadership uh, techniques, leadership practices, leadership lessons learned. I think it's just about being a better human being. And it's about being a practitioner of good dudership and being a good dude and being a cool chick. So as always, reach out to me, chachi at capelead.com at chachi Pachesa at Instagram at Tim Pachesa on Twitter. Leave me a message on the Cape lead Facebook page. And as always, we'll keep the feedback going. We'll keep the conversation going and we'll see what we can do to make sure that everyone that we interact with knows how to be a good dude or a cool chick. As always, educate, anticipate, and dominate. We'll talk to you soon.